Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. What a week, what a week. I just got back from Heroic Public Speaking Conference where I'm in the grad program to take my keynote up a notch from Expertville to Visionaryville. Oh, I had so much fun. I learned so much. I got to hang out with the best people in the world. My head is spinning with all the great ideas. But I'm settled back. And now I'm here to tell you, you are going to freaking love this guy. I cannot wait for you to hear Jonathan. It's great when I get to hear him from wherever they are in the world, but I loved his message and who he was so much. I just wanted to give him a big hug. I'm sitting here with his book in my hand, Your Message Matters, How to Rise Above the Noise and Get Paid for What You Know. I refer to it all the time enjoy, have fun. I really appreciate it when you change it up in your minds and think of things in a new way that you can promote your business and what you're passionate about. Makes me so happy. And most of you that listen to me are that way. You know, you're here for self-discovery and exploring and to live a big, big life. So enjoy. And please, I really appreciate it when you pass it on to someone else that will be motivated, inspired, and rate it and like it. It makes a huge difference. And much gratitude for the corporate clients you're sending me, the individual clients, the support for my books and journals. And thank you so much for those who have booked me for my new keynote. I can't wait to get back out there. Toodles! This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. Okay, now I know I've been going live and talking about this guy, and I love all my guests, I really do. But when I got his book, Your Message Matters, How to Rise Above the Noise and Get Paid for What You Know, Jonathan Milligan, I can't wait to bring him on, he has landed it. This is going to be by my bedside. Okay, maybe not by my bedside, but on my desk. Before I bring him on, let me tell you a little bit about him. He's an author, blogger, speaker, and online business coach. He has spent the last decade, the word is guiding, and directing creative professionals on how to pursue meaningful work. Since 2009, Jonathan has run his own portfolio, wait, portable, portable lifestyle business online. I just want to keep that word in mind, portable, which is huge. We're going to talk about that later. Lifestyle business online. Today, he teaches others to build a business with their passion, story, or message. He lives in Jacksonville, Florida with his wife, Charity, who I've got to know well, and their two kids. Welcome, Jonathan. Sandy, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting and having a really good conversation. It's going to be fun. So before we even get started, I always ask all my guests, if you were going to best describe your 30 days, which you're going to love this in one word, what would that word be and why? Whatever comes to mind, good, bad, and ugly. So describe my one word. For the past 30 days. My past 30 days. I would say my word has been focus. Focus. Okay. Now, tell us more, Jonathan. So... uh, As a creative, 
we love new ideas and I'm just as guilty as everybody else. I wake up, I have every idea, I've got multiple ideas and I get distracted. What I realized and I'm always growing and learning is the power of focused creativity. And mm. instead of following down that rabbit hole, how can you be more creative of something you're already doing? instead of always trying to do something new. And I, I can't tell you how much I've been able to accomplish in the last 30 days, just getting more serious about having focused creativity. Okay, so let's stay on that. What is your routine? Do you have a routine every day? We talk a lot about that. Like how, when you wake up in the morning, before mm -hmm. you start your day, how do you show up in the world and how do you get in that positive, powerful place? So when I first wake up, I uh, grab a cup of coffee, I sit down in my kitchen table, and I, I have this kind of routine that I do. So I will work on the, the mental, spiritual, and physical in kind of the first hour of my day. And it, it really is addicting once you, you start doing something like this. And so I journal. Okay. Um, I Yippee. read in something in the scriptures. I also am reading some type of a leadership book. And I use this app called ReadWise. Oh. And what it does is it collects all of like your Kindle highlights or highlights from your books. You can actually even do your physical books into this app and it will review the things you've highlighted, like give you five or six things every day. No way. Yeah, it just helps me to, to internalize the stuff that I've been reading so I can use for future books, for future talks. And so I love that. And then I go and I, I work out on the treadmill mm -hmm. and then I sit down and get my day started. Now, my days, I keep my mornings completely appointment free. Mm -hmm. So I do this thing called Maker Mornings, Manager Afternoons. And the idea I of maker, it. yeah, the idea of maker mornings is that's when I'm going to do my creative work yeah, yeah. in the mornings. And if I'm managing admin stuff, managing a team, having fun conversations on podcasts, those are happening in the afternoon. And then I try to find at least one day a week that's my no appointment day, all day that I can just do completely deep work. So that's just an overview of how I manage my time. Now, how long, you said, you know, your morning routine, how long does that take you? That takes me about an hour. So yeah, I would say hour to an hour and a half, probably. Yeah, so we were talking about that, you know, with my last guest and he was saying, you know, when people say, oh, you can focus in for four hours and be successful. He said, I've never seen that happen. He's like, I work 12 hour days. And I thought, hmm, because I think for many of the people I know, it's more about getting their head in the game than the actual work. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's something about when, for me, it's like when I do that, when I journal, when I um, when I'm reading, when I'm reviewing stuff and learning and I do some physical exercise and I sit down to work, it's like I got all that mumbo jumbo. I got all that stuff like out of the way yeah, and I've yeah. kind of cleared the deck so I can just focus. And that's what works for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it's, I don't think there is one way because this man is very, very successful, but I know sure. for me, my focus is probably once I'm in the zone, maybe four to five hours a day. Besides yep. the other stuff. Yeah, 100%. Like I can only do, you know, I have to do it in pockets. But even like when I wrote my book, I tried to do a 30-day writing sabbatical. What I 
found. So what I did is I unplugged completely from my business, let my team run the business. And I was just going to write the manuscript. And my goal was to do it all in 30 days, get the rough draft written. I found I only had about four hours a day in my tank. That was it. Yeah. 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 I (laughs) Although I enjoyed myself, I told my family I was going to go to the lake and I was just going to write the whole weekend. Well, guess what? (laughs) I enjoyed the lake, but I only did it for four. Like I couldn't, that wasn't me. You know, I, yeah. But I did enjoy the lake and I got to do a lot of kayaking while I was there. Yeah, absolutely. And what I did is I just wrote in the mornings and I hung out with and did cool stuff with my family in the afternoons. And it was like, you know, I didn't get the whole book written, but I got a lot of it written. But yeah, that's what works for me. Okay, Jonathan, seriously, this is incredible, your book. It has everything. I mean, there's step-by-step guides, there's personal stories, there's fun stories. There's this, okay, we're not going to just talk about it, but here's your plan. Yeah. I mean, dude, you you nailed it. Oh, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I don't like books that tease you and you have to like buy their program in order to get the good. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I also just really wanted to to write a book that the first half felt like self-development because yep. as a messenger, how you view yourself, your your emotions, your confidence, your clarity are very, very important. So I didn't want to just write another marketing book, but at the same time, I wanted there to be some practical marketing steps once you got clarity on who you were and who are the people you're trying to serve. Yeah, and I, I love that breakdown. And by the way, I've been doing this a long time and it's almost like you were getting inside my mindset because we have a lot of the same values and belief systems, but I still was like, oh, I haven't thought of that. I haven't thought of that. And I did take the quiz, which I found very, very helpful, which is, are you a speaker? Mm-hmm. Are you a writer? And... It, it came out, ex- you know, a little bit of what I thought, you know, it was the top one was speaker and then the other ones, you know, fell into place. But it was neat for me to see, like, I never thought of it that way, Jonathan, like, okay, where am I putting my energy? What do yes. I really love doing? The mo- Like, I didn't think of it. I just, I think I just go, oh, I have an opportunity to speak. Oh, I have an opportunity to teach. And instead of planning it out, I just, whatever came my way went for it. Yeah, and it's been fun having that quiz. It first came out of, so the, the quiz is the influencer voice assessment, and it's like 32 questions. It's in the book, and uh, it, it's not necessarily trying to get competency. That's not the idea. The, the idea is motivation. Like, yeah, what are you yeah. wired and motivated to do? And uh, it sounds like you're really motivated to speak and that's what you enjoy the most. And so I believe our greatest opportunity and our fastest path to impact is for us to lean into our natural motivations. Now, that being said, you can develop skills in all four of these. Uh, I have done that over the course of, you know, running an online business for 11 years. But I started with where I was naturally motivated and then learned how to build these other opportunities over time. All right. So let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about what you were like as a kid. Were you an extrovert, an introvert? Were you always that self-starter? I was an introvert, but I was highly engaged in team sports. And when I was on the court, I probably looked like an extrovert because I was competitive. Yeah, yeah. But my, my natural wiring is more introversion. And I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding of introversion and extroversion. I agree. 
why don't we dive into that a little bit? Because I haven't talked about that in years, and I think yeah. it's really important, especially people with kids to understand, because I heard, oh, my kid's an introvert, this and this, and I'm like, I don't think that's what it is. Well, what's interesting is, you know, in, in our Western society, in America, we're, we're very much an extroverted nation for the most part, right? It's about, mm-hmm. it's about get out there, step out, go do this thing. Like, uh, get out of your head. And, and those are all good things. I'm not saying that they're <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. But you take an example of a, a Asian culture where they're, they've got more dominant introversion, which is fascinating. They're more like think before they speak. It's about what the family wants, what the family needs. And neither one is 100% perfect. Both cultures have its downsides too. Mm-hmm. But I think what that does is, you know, in America is is for a lot of introverts, they, they feel this, sometimes this label of, well, you're shy, you don't want to be around people. Mm-hmm. And so growing up in that culture, um, for me, it was it was difficult because like I knew I was introvert, but then why do I have such a high desire and need to to influence people and make an impact? And yeah. how can those two worlds live together? And I had to like work through that. And then I realized, wait a minute, introversion doesn't necessarily mean shy. There's extroverted people who can be shy. Introversion and extroversion, I think is more about how you recharge than yes. anything. Yes, yep. And so that's what was helpful for me is to realize that I needed a book in a hammock in the backyard to, to, to recharge. Whereas a lot of times introverts, it's what are people doing tonight? Where are people getting together? Like I'm going to be charged just by conversation and being around people and being home all the time is more draining for an extrovert. Yeah. 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 During the uh, lockdown, uh, my son and husband are more the introvert. And so they were like, mom, we've trained for this our whole life. We're really good. <laughs> You're the one that's going to have an issue. Like, yes. because, and I learned that they just recharge by being, not that I don't enjoy my alone time, but when they have the music time to be by themselves up in their room, it's not that they don't love me, but that's how they get their energy reading books. Exactly. And I'm like, give me, I, I used to go out on my bike and just wave to people to try to get energy because that's how I got recharged. Mm-hmm. But that being said, some of my closest friends who are extroverts and love being around are very shy, very mm-hmm. shy, but you would never know it. You're exactly right. And, and, and guess what? There is a, an opportunity for us to build a business with all those personality types. And yep. Amen. That's the encouraging thing is like, you know, you can just be you. And I think that was important for me that I, I realized because I would look at people who were charismatic, funny speakers and be like, I want to be that person. But that wasn't me. I was more mm. laid back, practical, easygoing. <laughs> yeah. And I used to say, well, no one's, you know, practical and resourceful. Those equal boring. But oh. for me, what I realized is there was a lot of people who valued just stuff broken down step by step. And I said, I just got to lean into that. Uh, me, me here. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I would love to spend a month because 
I'm listening to you. And first of all, you calm me down right away. I'm like, oh, ease and flow here. And your book, that's what I loved about it. Like that is not my strength. And I was like, oh my God, he's mapped it out for me. And I have to redo, not that I have to redo my whole business, but I was like, that makes sense. And that makes sense. But here's the key to what I found. Your stuff is not overwhelming to me. Mm. It wasn't overwhelming. It it seemed, okay, that makes sense. Do that first. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't feel like this was so undoable. Yes. And and I think that's where that that's what started to energize me is when I realized that something that I took for granted was magic to other people. Mm. And that's what I want people to get in the first part of the book, because it's about taking that inward journey of like, how do you show up best? What are your two words? And so for me, it's like, find your one word of how you show up best. Yep. And let's connect that to your influencer voice, meaning speaker, teacher, yeah. writer, or coach. And so for yeah. me, it was resourceful teacher. If I can build Woo. a business around me expressing the ability to show up and be a resourceful teacher, then that's when I have a business that's working for me in my yeah. strengths. Well, this book came at the right time for me because I sold my health clubs right before COVID. And so I'm starting a new business. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult for me to lay it out without before I had a lot of partners. And this was like, how do I do this? And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have to do this on my own because if this is not my strength, you know, I can go to other people to guide me. But the thing that you you said, I realized I do a lot of it already in every day. Before I get out of bed, I say, how am I going to show up in the world? How am I choosing? And I pick usually a word, but it's like joy or pure joy. And then everything I reflect on is this bringing pure joy to the people that I serve. So it was yes. crazy, but I wasn't the step-by-step on how to building a business. I mean, it's a genius. Mm. Ingenious. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm sitting here and I'm looking through it beside your one word and then how you go through to translate that into, okay, now how are you going to make money with it? And you know what, Jonathan's really weird? Like, when I owned health clubs, I was great at making money. But for me to charge for my services, I had a rough time for that as far as coaching. Like I felt, well, maybe I should just give my time. Yeah. It was hard for me to find a balance of that. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And uh, I think that's the, the good news is there's lots of options out there. But I think the thing that we suffer from more than anything is not a lack of options. It's too many, right? We have yes, to- too many options. We just have way too many and that, that makes it difficult. And that's why we suffer from a lack of focus because there's a million ways to make a million dollars. We just need to choose one, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I saw that you, I was reading that you said you did much better once you picked, I call it the fractal, your audience, which was accountants. Is that true? Absolutely. So when, when I first started blogging, now this was back in 2009 when, you know, blogging was still kind of new. Podcasting wasn't really a thing. Facebook wasn't even a thing. There was no social media. Yeah. And so the way that we interacted was through expressing ideas through articles and blogs and, and blogging is still a thing today. It's just, there's just a lot of other ways too. And so that's when I first started. But when I did, I decided I just wanted to be a career and life coach And my mentality was, and this is a mentality that a lot of us have when we first start, is, well, I don't want to get too narrow and focused. It's going to be harder for me to build a business, so i got to keep my options open. Mm. And after a few months, I realized 
wait a minute, this isn't resonating. I don't think this is for me. I feel like I, I needed to get it more focused. And that's when I decided to narrow it into uh, career coaching for accountants um, because I had spent about seven years as a headhunter for accounting professionals. And so oh. I, I had, I knew that that small slice of career transition for accounting professionals really, really well related to resumes, interviewing, getting your foot in the door, negotiating mm -hmm. salaries. And so I said, that's, that's just what I got to do. I got to start there. And then over time, it was building that into a business online, leaving my day job, and then, and then having people saying, how did you do that? How did you yeah. build that to full-time income? And that's when I started teaching other people, which now has turned into marketyourmessage.com. I love it. And by the way, I was talking about you today because I was in a course, Heroic Public Speaking, and it's all about taking your keynote to the next level. And what they keep trying to drill in my head is you, if you try to get well-known in a domain, like just say wellness and become the wellness person, that's really difficult. But if you pick a fractal, a small piece of that, you can build up. And I was like, wait a minute, I have a book for you. It talks all about that because that's yeah. your message. That's a perfect example. So, yeah, I mean, even for me, when I started, uh, I started blogging your passion. So I became known as the blogging guy from 2011 to 2017. Um, before I started branching out, then, then I started branching out, especially with this book, because I had also started a podcast in 2012. And I also started doing YouTube videos and I figured out how to do live streaming. And, and so I had grown as a result of, um, starting with a blog, but then, uh, repurposing in these other areas. Mm. And then I pivoted to talking uh, a little bit more, but I didn't start with the larger online business. I got known as the blogging guy first. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. When you filled out your own questionnaire, what was your uh, highest score and which area? So teacher came out first, uh, writer second, mm. speaker, then coach. So but you do all of them now, right? I do. I, I do, except for I don't do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay. As a introvert, I find that, you know, if I have too many of those, it, it drains me. But I have a, I've structured a, a group coaching program oh. that I have built coaches into who do the mastermind calls gotcha. with people in the program. And I, I still do the, 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 some of the coaching in the program, but I'm coaching the coaches who are then coaching the clients. And so that's, uh, that's something that I enjoy, but I, I primarily find my energy as a teacher, um, doing podcast interviews like we're doing is fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. live streaming once a week for my market, your message show is like a virtual classroom. And then I have a membership site that I do, uh, a class, a live class every month and I find that really energizes me because as a teacher, we love coming up with new teaching tools, new topics, and we're always learning and turning around and teaching it. So I've just mapped my business out according to what <laughs> yes. I love and enjoy. Yeah. Which leads me to one of my first questions. So before you came on, I asked my peeps, you know, to review this stuff and what did they want to ask you? And one of the biggest questions I got over and over again is... 
how do they find that right product to sell? So what you were talking about, which is in your book, you know, activate, subscribe, monetize. A lot of people, they're out there, they're doing all these things, but then you go to their website and they don't have what you talk about, that under 50 product. Yeah. How do you find it? That was, I got I got a zillion about that. So this is something I wish I would have included in the book. And if it was self-published, I would probably add what I'm about to tell you into the book as oh. maybe a, a, an extra part of it, but it was traditionally published. So there it is. Uh, so this is something, <laughs> this same question is questions that clients in our group coaching program were wanting to know as well. And besides activate, subscribe, and monetize, which I still love, we still use, we still teach, mm -hmm. instead of the subscribe when you're first starting out, switch that out to validate. And oh. if you're just getting started, you should think about how could I validate my message and or my market first? There's actually two products that is working really well for us in our group coaching program that we're teaching people how to do. And these are for people who like, they have a passion, they have experience, they have knowledge, but they're, they're just trying to get something going and they're trying to validate their market. Yeah. 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 So what we teach is to sell something before you create it. And I know it sounds crazy, but there's two in particular, and I think it'll make sense when I explain it. The first one, number one is to sell a, like a one day virtual workshop. Mm. So if there's anything the pandemic has brought to us, that's been a good thing is everybody and their grandma knows how to use zoom. <laughs> that's true. Grandma does. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, so utilize that by selling a one day workshop, like say it's going to be a two hour or a four hour workshop on a topic. And, uh, you sell that thing. Now what's working really well for mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our students, and it depends on where your market is, yeah. is to create a private Facebook group, run a live three-day challenge into that Facebook group, and at the end of your challenge, say, by the way, we're going deeper on this topic, like next Saturday, I'm doing a two-hour or four-hour virtual workshop, here's the cost. And what that has done for the people in our community is it's allowed them to validate their message by seeing, does anybody want to actually spend money in this niche, in this market first? So <sighs> that is, that's been a Love big it. game changer. But the second one is if you don't want to do a one day workshop, you could do a four week boot camp with a smaller group. So let's say five to 10 people that mm -hmm. you're going to show up on zoom with for, four Thursday nights in a row at, from eight to nine. And it takes a small group through your, the thing that you teach. So those are the two that has worked well for us yeah. um, in helping someone just validate it and uh, earn some of that initial money. And then once you do that, you're like, okay, now we can start working on the books, the courses, the stuff, because we've validated that people are willing to spend money. Which the number one question was, how do I have that product? I love it. The second one, which I'm sure you get all the time, is pricing. And this young lady, we'll call her Sally Bell, says sometimes she feels like she's underpricing and then sometimes she feels like she's overpricing. How can she find her sweet spot for her workshops? Yes. That's a tough question. It is because there's a lot of factors there. It just depends on the market, the, the, the audience she's serving, that sort of thing. But I'll give you some general guidelines that's helped me. I would say 
we always tend to undersell our value. I agree. I did it. Yeah. Uh, I did it a lot. In fact, when I first started, it was like, uh, okay, I'll do $30 for an hour of coaching. And then after I did about eight or 10 of those, I realized I need to be charging way more than this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like $30. I just kept thinking in my, in my mind, I justify it by saying, well, what's another, what's a side job I can get for $30 an hour? Uh, I don't know. So I'll just, it, and so I was, I was extremely undervaluing myself. And before too long, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to charge $3,000 for a month of coaching. And you know what? I got better clients. And that's the other thing to think about in this process mm, too. That's true. However, there's two thoughts here, okay? Mm -hmm. One is whatever you're thinking about pricing it, automatically add 20%. Oh, I like that. So because you know your tendency to undervalue yourself, just automatically bump that up 20, 25%. So if you want to have it at $100, you're going to go 120 or 125. Just if you do that, that would be helpful. The other thing is, if you're concerned about overpricing your market for something brand new, it is okay to start at a lower price only if you make it clear to everyone, because this is the, the first inaugural launch of this, yeah, it's yeah. going to be X, but it's never going to be at this price again. And what that does is it commits it to you yeah. that you can't release it again at the same price. You've got to raise it. And I think that's that's super important too. Those are just some general thoughts around pricing. Oh, and I agree. You know, when I had my businesses, someone was always selling me and it was fine. They could price whatever they want. I didn't have to deal with it. It was really difficult, Jonathan. When I first had to look at somebody in the eyes and say, this is what I charge. It was hard for me to say, well, mm. when they're like, I don't know if I can afford that. I had to really toughen up because of that. I was just selling me. It felt weirder. Yeah, it, it does. And the thing that the thing that you have to remember too, and this is what I've learned too, is if if I undersell myself, let's say I undersell myself on a three month program, coaching program, and let's say they paid it all up front and I would just throw a random number in there, let's say five hundred dollars. Okay. So if it's three months, about sixty days in, you're gonna be unmotivated mm. for the most people to be continuing to work with this client because the money was already gone, spent, whatever, yep. three months ago. And you're going to just lose that that motivation because you felt like you kind of un undersold yourself. The other thing is, even though it's harder to go higher priced, you need to be careful about undervaluing yourself too much. I'll give you a quick example. Ken Davis is a speaker and he tells a story about how he spoke at an event and after he got off the stage, this person walked up to him and said, you're an amazing speaker. We would love to have you come to, to speak at this event. We, we've got, you know, this group of about a thousand people. You'd be perfect for the event. What do you charge? And I don't remember the amount that he said, but whatever amount he said was extremely, so extremely low that the, the event planner said, oh, I thought you were at you know, a higher level and began to doubt that this person could even come and add value. So he ended up not getting the gig because he undersold himself according to where he should have been. Yeah. I've done that before where <laughs> I wanted to get the gig so bad and they're like, uh, how good can she be? You yeah. know, if, if, <laughs> and I learned the hard way. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure I get this 
other question in because these are my top three that I got in all the time. And this is about ads. And this young man was saying that his business manager was saying, you're not going to get anywhere unless you purchase ads. And he said, I've always gotten it through word of mouth. Do I really need to purchase ads? The answer is no. (laughs) So uh, in the book, I teach that there's three ways to get traffic. There's free, there's paid, and there's partner. Yep. And uh, the free ways we talk about are, are things like subscriber traffic, which is your list. You want to be building a list. Search traffic if you're doing some type of content. If you've got a blog, a podcast, you should be encouraging people to get on a list. Um, so those are some of the primary ways. Originally, that's how I grew my audience was primarily through a lot of free methods. Then it was paid, or, I'm sorry, partner. So I started doing partner before I ever got into paid traffic. And even oh. paid it can be an animal. But Different partner traffic strategies are getting on podcasts and having conversations like we are here. Um, How could you get leverage yourself to get on other people's podcasts? Uh, Another way is you doing guest posting or or getting featured in some of these Mm. uh, media places that will accept guest articles that bring people to you. There's just there's a lot of other methods besides paid. If you decide to go paid. I always have a strategy of at least trying to figure out how to break even on that front end of that funnel. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I have been there where I've just paid money and paid money and paid money and thousands of dollars going out. And yes, it was building the list, but it's, it's not near as fun as when you can have a, a single Facebook ad campaign that pays for itself. And meanwhile, you're growing your list for free. You know, that's true. I, I had a client and he looked on paper that his products was selling out the wazoo. And then he said to me, Sandy, do you know how much I paid in ads? I lost so much money that mm-hmm. year. And yet it looked like he was doing great. I mean, I couldn't even imagine. He goes, no, I was spending, maybe this is not a lot to you, but it's a lot to me. He was spending $50,000 a month on ads. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and a lot of people, that's what they're doing uh, to do that. So you really got to have a strategy on the back end to convert those people. If you're a lifetime value number of a customer, um, if you don't know what it is, you know, find out what that lifetime value is for your customer. But, uh, that needs to be, there's basically two in in the ads world. There's, there's two numbers you got to pay attention to. It's cost per sale. So how much did it cost for me to get this person on my list or to buy my thing with Mm -hmm. an, with an ad? And then on the other side is what is the average order value? How much did they spend with me? And those are the only two numbers you really need to worry about. So for example, if I've got, if I'm advertising uh, my book for free with Facebook ads, Mm -hmm. And it costs me $41 to give away a free book, then I need to be earning on that uh, free book funnel more than $41. And so it, it's easy to get lost in a lot of the different numbers and statistics and all that. But at the end of the day, it's about those two numbers. And by the way, a charity sent me your book a while ago, and I thought that was a class act because a lot oh. of people don't. You know, they'll be like, okay, purchase my book, even though I'm bringing them on the show. So that really meant a lot to me. Well, I'm glad that's, that's just something we've been doing. And we just, uh, we give away a lot of the books. We just want it to be out there. And 
I, I, I'm not trying to make money on the book. I just am trying to just spread the message. And I figure once it gets in the right hands of the right people who want to be a part of what we're doing, they'll, they'll come yeah. find us. It, it really, it was just, I was like, oh God, my book came. All right. I want to talk about, because I put a lot of thought into this. You were talking about being a guide versus an expert. And I, tell the story about you were before you did one of your speeches and how it changed your whole mindset that you don't have to be an expert, but a guide. Yes. So an expert is exhausting, right? We feel like we have to have all the answers. We feel like we have to promote ourselves. No one likes, at least most people, you know, 99% of people I know don't like to promote themselves. There's 1% that, that do. That's true. A guide is different. So for example, this is what I tell people in the messenger space, which if you want to write, teach, speak, coach, there's really only two ways to promote your business. You either promote yourself or you promote your content and value. So that's why I'm a big believer in creating content, whether that's podcasting, whether that is articles and blogging or videos, because it's so much easier to say, hey, go listen to this podcast or, hey, I hope this serves you or, or adds some value to you. Then for me, if I was a coach, just saying, come by my coaching, come by my coaching, come by my coaching, come by my coaching. Eventually you just wear yourself out. Like I, I'm selling myself instead of selling mm. value. It's so much easier to sell value. And that's what a guide does. A guide is constantly adding value. If you watch any kind of movie, they're, they've got the plan and they're bringing the value to help the hero step into the, the hero role. That's what yeah. Yoda did, right? With Luke. So God, I love Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think about that even now when I'm in this course to up my keynote, it's all about, okay, Sandy, the stories you're telling are they serving you or do they serve your audience? Mm. Because some of the stories are just fun and I like them, but how are they going to impact my audience? And so a lot of my stories I cut out because I'm like, yeah, that's not going to serve my audience. Mm, that's such a good point. Yeah. And I think about, which is what you asked me before you came on the show. Like, how can I serve your audience? Absolutely. And it's just, it's more fun. Life's more fun when you just show up and help and serve. It's just, I don't know. I, that's just how I view things is just show up and, and be an, when you can be a guide, be a guide and yeah. don't worry about trying to be the expert and don't worry about trying to have all the answers. I, I think we, if we, we can have a tendency if we're not careful. The other thing is trying to be an expert is you start buying into black and white thinking. And when you start getting into black and white thinking, what that means is you have all the answers. There is no gray areas in anything. And uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like people want just, if you don't have the answer, say, you know what? I don't know. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, with <laughs> saying those words. Yeah, absolutely. All right, John, I can't believe the time is almost up. So we have to do rapid fire and ask some fun questions. Is yeah. that cool with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't even know where this is going, but it should be fun. It's just fun stuff. Okay. Favorite food? Favorite food would be uh, tacos. I would say that once a year I buy a chocolate pecan pie 
from Cracker Barrel. That's okay, my, once my, a year. Once, once a year, year cuz it comes out seasonal, so I'll uh, buy it around okay. Thanksgiving or Christmas. And what do you put in your tacos? We just had Taco Tuesday. Your norm, I'm probably pretty boring. Cheese, lettuce, maybe occasionally some hot sauce. That's about it. Okay. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite workout? Workout? Yeah. What do you do to work out? Favorite workout? What do you enjoy doing? Me, it's the treadmill because I can I can um, listen to book, watch something while I'm doing the treadmill. So I, I tend to just uh, to do that. What would you do from morning to night if you could do anything and be airy? anywhere. What would it look like? One of your favorite days? Jekyll Island, Georgia. My parents have retired up there. Oh. I absolutely love that island. It's it's the old uh, Millionaire's Island. Never back heard in of the it. Day. Yeah, it's back in the day. Uh, a lot of the millionaires at the turn of the century, like Goodyear, Pulitzer, many more of them, all, they all still have homes there, but they have trails all along there. It's a, it's a beautiful island. I love going up there and just spending time. Ooh, that does sound fun. Besides your book, what's a book you could recommend that you read in the last year? Man, I've, I read a book a week. So this would, what would be the book that I've read in the last year? In the last year, you go, you know what? I could recommend this. Or you could just do your most recent. I would say, if we're talking business, doesn't matter. Okay. It could be fiction. It could be something you read on the beach. <laughs> uh, business book, Business Made Simple. Donald Miller's really good. And uh, I also liked The Power of Introverts. Yeah, I have that for my son. I love that one. I just, it, when I read that book, it just helped me to just feel more empowered because we, we can sometimes tend to feel like we take a back seat. Yep. And yep. We, we don't have personal power. And yeah. the truth is, we have superpowers. Absolutely. Ugh, that's a whole nother topic. I always say to the kids, I work with eight to 12 year old kids, and I like, what is your superpowers? And it could be a great listener. You know, you don't have to be a great athlete, yep. you know? Okay. No, I don't want to get off topic. An animal. If you could be an animal, any animal, what would you be and why? I would love to be an eagle. Mm-hmm. And it's because they just look so powerful and majestic yeah and just that that ability to fly and soar so that's what i would choose okay when i say the word universe what does universe mean to you universe means a lot of unknowns to explore and to Ah. learn and to discover i have to tell you jonathan i've never heard that description (laughs) i like that Jonathan, we have to go. But before we go, thank you so much for being on Let's Keep It Real. And we need to know every which way to find you and purchase your book. Sure. So uh, we've set up the ability for people to get the book for free. Just pay for shipping and handling at yourmessagemattersbook.com. Ooh. You can also go buy it in the bookstore. You can get it on Amazon. But uh, if you want to get a, a free copy, just pay for the shipping Again, yourmessagemattersbook.com. Marketyourmessage.com is where you can find the different things that we are up to from the weekly live stream show that we do and just other things that we're up to. So those are the two primary places that you'll find me. Is there any new workshops that people can get in that you have going on? So coming up in June, we have a a two-day live event called Your Message Matters Live. And it's actually in Jekyll Island, Georgia at the convention center. (laughs) It's funny of all places, right? You can tell I love that place. Uh. 
And uh, we did it last year. It was absolutely fun. And we offer both the virtual and in-person tickets for that. And it's just two days of you investing in yourself and your message and mapping out your business and just oh, being inspired, being inspired, encouraged with other writers, speakers, teachers, and coaches too. So uh, oh, that's fun. coming up in June. Um, your message matters live.com. will have all the info on the two day virtual or in-person event. Oh, cool. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on. I really, really appreciate it. I, I've learned so much from you and I felt like I already knew you because I read your book back and forth. <laughs> That's awesome. And I thank you for being here and, and thank you just for being an awesome host and serving the community that you're serving. I just wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, Jonathan. I always say to people, I'm really not that great of a person. Every time I help someone, I feel happy. <laughs> think about it, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. All right. My let's keep it real people. I know you're going to want to share this. Come on. Everyone's going to be inspired. Rate it, like it. Jonathan and I will really appreciate it. And you know what I'm going to say until next time. Tiddles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.